When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. But when you get that right there at home, to come back and make it, and, and, and win that game, that goes far into that. that You can use that going to play I'm saying, I'm saying I was mentioning all them interceptions because I was trying to get my man Kirk Cousins back in this MVP race. Come on. When you, bring, when you make a plays like that. Like that. You like that? You don't like that? I, you, you, you like that? You, you gotta like that. When you make it play like that, and you're coming back like that, I gotta give my man Kirk Cousins some credit for making those yeah. plays, man. And if Patrick Mahomes brought a team back like that, we would be, boy, we would be, I mean, showering praise and straight love. The Michael Irvin is right. Let's go. Let's Let's explore. Let's explore this in a second, okay? Yeah. And we'll get to the state of the offense. We'll get to we're, so we're doing state of the offense on Tuesday this week because they play on a Saturday, so we're going to move some stuff up this week to our picks on Friday, etc. Um, this is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a dang Super Bowl before we die. And um, the show is presented in part by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, always stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. Uh, Surly brings you joy as well. We should mention that. It brings you absolute joy. Or you know what? If things aren't going well, i.e. the first half on Saturday, it brings you comfort. That's right, because Surly has something for everyone with a team of beers that's the best team in town. Furious logic bomb. Before I die, I could go on and on. It's that good. But. All I can tell you is as uh, is as Christmas nears, don't forget, get out and get some Surly. Drink responsibly, but enjoy the holidays with the best beer in town, and that's Surly. Yes. So Michael Irvin, who I think he floated Kirk as an MVP before the season, mm-hmm. right? So he's, yep. he's, it might be a little bit of confirmation bias. He's trying to protect his take from four months ago. But to the, to, forget about the MVP thing for a second. The specific point about... What happened in that game on Saturday, the biggest comeback in NFL history, it's barely being talked about. The Raiders' win over the Patriots in dramatic fashion is being talked about more. I would argue that the Jaguars' win over the the Cowboys with Trevor Lawrence is being talked about more. Mm-hmm. It's not like I've I've tried to flip around a little bit here and there. It's like it's it's mentioned. They'll show they'll show like the Dalvin screen pass or something, and then it's like, oh, that was a crazy game. Okay, let's talk about something else. 
if it would have been Josh Allen or if it would have been Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, if it was Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes, we'd be talking about, like, does this make them the greatest? I mean, Brady already is. But it would have been a week-long conversation. I think he's right. So, first of all, I guess I've seen this, and I think it started with PFF. So, PFF's premise is Kirk didn't play that well because the first half was so bad. Yeah. And the Cook touchdown is off a screen pass. Which, by the way, the Vikings have been awful at. I actually give them, I give everyone credit because it worked. Uh, but I guess they, they've said, well, Cook did all of the work on that play. Kirk did no work, which is sort of weird. Like, I, I do quibble with PFF on a statement like that. I understand wow. what they're saying, but Kirk Cousins did a great job. That's also second, just one of, like, yeah, a bunch of touchdowns. The second so. thing is play that clip back and look at Stephen A. Smith's face. Like, this is how the national media feels. Do you want to actually play the clip back? Yes. Or Okay. Yes, play play that clip back, and while Irvin's talking and they pull the camera out, look at Stephen A's face. But when you get that right there at home to come back and make a, and, and win that game, that goes far into that that you can use that going to playoff. I'm saying, I'm saying I was mentioning all them interceptions because I was trying to get my man Kirk Cousins back in this MVP rig. Come on, when you bring, when you make a plays like that, like that, you like that, you don't like that. I bet you, 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 like that. you like that. You gotta like that. He, when you make a play you're not like that, and you're Chris. coming back like that, I gotta give my man Kirk Cousins some credit for making those yeah. plays, man. And if Patrick Mahomes brought a team back like that, we would be, boy, we would be. I mean, showering praise and straight love. Look at their faces. Orlovsky is more like apoplectic yeah. than Stephen A. Like, but I mean, they both are. They both are dismissive of it. They're di- Orlovsky's dismissive of the MVP thing. I think they're both they're both like pondering on the. I guess would we have done more segments on first take and get up and all these shows? About, and the answer is yes. I agree. I don't think Kirk is the MVP, but I think it's it's to laugh about that, dude. The guy has seven fourth quarter comebacks this season, right? And the greatest comeback in NFL history. You can't just. I get that Patrick Mahomes is probably the MVP. But to say, what about Kirk, is not a laughable follow-up question. Yes. And what the Vikings did, and I I understand the analytics go and the point differential goes against the Vikings. I get all of that. But, yes, I think that if another team, if a team like the Bucks or a New York team, if, if – so – it would not be really, really, really far-fetched to, to let's flip the Giants and Vikings, okay? So, so like, let's say the Giants had stayed red, red hot and, like, the Giants have, the Vikings were the team that tailed off. Do you really think the Giants would be being dismissed right now like the Vikings are? There's no way. And to add to it, let's say, let's say Daniel Jones had seven fourth-quarter comebacks and was the, what helped architect a 33-point historical comeback the conversation would be less about how fraudulent the Giants were, and it would be more about the magic that the Giants are playing with and 100%. And they'd be comparing it to the Eli run of 2007 or the 11 run of, like, sometimes you just, you know, you just get hot and things are going your way. And I think part of it's also the Vikings' history. They, they don't have a history of this ending well. So because of their history and because it's Kirk, all of it put in a stew, and it's not a huge market where you 
because part of the part of the strategy for ESPN too is if they if they can lean into the Dallas market or lean into oh, yeah. the, absolutely you know the Los Angeles market or the New York market, they're going to get better ratings or viewership or listenership. So I I totally understand that game, but it is kind of amazing. I mean, we're what seventy two hours past that game, and it's like kind of crickets. It happened. They literally dethroned. How many times have you guys seen the Frank Reich highlights, the Buffalo Bills coming back on the Oilers? And, yes, it was a playoff game, but that also propelled them to to a Super Bowl trip, too, one of four straight Super Bowl trips. So yep. I am a little – I don't want to be the old, like, we're just flyover country, woe is us, no one talks about us. I generally don't care about that. But it is fascinating to see the lack of discussion and reaction to what happened on Saturday. I think the last thing on Kirk is is this. So Kirk has been Kirk has has not been statistically great, but he has been incredibly clutch. Um, I think on this show, we're we're like, yeah, hell yeah, he's played give great. Me that, clutch. Give me that all day. Uh, yeah. I think there's a lot of people though in the national media who talked about Kirk like we did before before this year started, and I think it's hard for them to back off their takes. Well, that's the thing. It's it's you wouldn't be backing off your take. I you would be soaking in new information that Kirk has provided. That's the biggest thing. I well, you must feel foolish if you've been ripping Kirk all these years. No, not at all. Yep. Kirk delivered very few times in these situations that he is this season. Last year, again, he started to last year. It was the evolution of Kirk. You know, 10 years in the NFL, finally starting to sort of figure out how to operate in endgame situations. But if you can't move off of it's not you wouldn't be moving off your take. Your take was if you were critical of Kirk for these reasons five years ago, four years ago, three, two, you were correct. But this year, if you think that he is just the same old Kirk, that you've it's the same guy as that was in Washington, it's the same guy that existed the first three years as a Viking, you would be incorrect. You're not moving off your take. You're you're consuming new information, you're watching new things happen, and you're evaluating Based on that, like that's what's happening. There, there's two things that if you've been to journalism school that they always talk about. It's do you want to be first or do you want to be right? And obviously with news and when you're reporting things, of course, you need to be right before you're ever first. But there's this race and there's this, you know, there's this integrity of, or, or, or drive. Of, I want to be first to something. Well, with your takes, it's also still kind of blends together a little bit. Like I was the first person to say Kirk Cousins was the greatest quarterback of all time in 2016. And I will not move off that take. And now that it's happened in 2022, validate me. Well, hold yeah, you on. You were wrong then. Yeah. You were wrong three years ago. You're, you're still wrong now. Cause like Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback Correct. in the NFL, but, but, it, but yeah, like it's, it's, it evolves. It evolves. Yeah. But but for whatever reason, then we're well, like, but you were the first one to say this, this about Kirk in the negative way. So now now you're right and you're wrong. It's it's infuriating. It's this weird game that we all love to play. It's yeah. It, well, it's yeah, it's kind of a it's like a generational problem. It I think is, with us millennials and then the Gen Zers, you mm-hmm. dig in, dig your heels in on something and you refuse to change. This is all good fodder here leading into our state of the offense discussion, which normally we hold on Thursdays, but because the it's another kind of weird week with a Saturday game where we're going to move some stuff around this week. So I'm going to give you guys the overall snapshot of where the Vikings stand and then four categories of interest regarding the Vikings offense, the first one surrounding Kirk. So this will be kind of a, a Kirk-themed episode to start. And then we will get into the pigskin pecking order, where do the Vikings rank right now? And uh, Samson nitpicks as well. So the overall snapshot, the Vikings are currently the eighth best offense points per game in the league. 
Yardage, they are tied for 15th yards per play. Expected points added, which is a process-oriented metric, they are 18th. And DVOA, another process-oriented metric, they are 20th, according to Football Outsiders. But So if you look at process, 15th, 18th, 20th. If you look at points or output, they are a top 10 offense, now a top 8 offense. And if you would have asked me before the season, hey, uh, what's your expectation? And we did do this. I would have said solidly in the top 10. I would prefer them be like a top seven or eight offense scoring. And they are. It's a. It's been a kind of a wacky path to get there where they just like don't score in the first half, but then drop 39 in the second half in overtime. Uh, but what do you make of this? They are now the eighth best scoring offense in the league. So if I'm not mistaken, going into the game on Saturday, I looked this up. I think they had dropped to 11th. Uh, and so they, they spiked up to eight now. Uh, but Yes, this is among the things that we discussed is basically being necessary to make the playoffs. And in the case of the Vikings, of course, they've now won the division. Uh, We both said, we all said, I think, that they need to be with an offensive coach in the top 10. And so is the process what I expected? No, (laughs) no, it's not. Um, Until Saturday, the third quarter was a disaster. It was a complete disaster. So if you would if you had explained this to me in July and said, "Okay, here's the process for how they're going to get to eighth, I'd be like, uh, that's not going to work but uh if I had my druthers and the process could be better, but the scoring was lower, I'll take the scoring so I think that um I think you've ended up in a place where you're pretty comfortable with what your offense is producing from a point standpoint e- even if you're not if you didn't get there exactly how we thought would probably be the path. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, this is, this is my issue. I think with like PFF, let's take PFF, for example, we lean on PFF for some of the trench play stuff for sure. And generally, so PFF is a, is also a paid consultant for, I think all 32 teams. So teams validate and buy into PFF. It's hard as a fan to sit there and grade a left guard relative to the rest of the left guards in the NFL. So, like, you have to lean on them to some extent. But if you watch that game on Sunday or Saturday and think, yeah, Kirk didn't do a whole lot, what kind of mental gymnastics do you have to go through to determine that a 400-yard second half and a 33-point comeback wasn't at least largely driven by the quarterback, you know? Yes. So, like, stuff like that. And And then some of these other... You know, evaluators that that look at well the way that they're going about their offense, twentieth in DVOA, eighteenth in expected points added, expected points added, eighteenth, actual points eighth. Right. To me, that gap is a big deal in October or November when you're trying to predict. But we are sitting here on December twentieth at this point, and they have just found a way through being good in the red zone and through other means, not committing a bunch of penalties to have a top 10 scoring offense. So I buy more into the actual points at this point in the season than the predictive value of say expected points added. And this is what makes sports great, right? Like, like this, the, the unpredictability of the predictable is what makes sports fun. The Vikings had no business. I don't care who their opponent was on Saturday winning that football game. They played a terrible first half. They're down by 33 bleeping points, and they come back. Um, so, look, I, I mean, I'm all for an, um, statistical analysis. 
I'm all, I think it's important. I think it can really help you. But as a fan, is that going to be the be all and end all? Absolutely not. So yes, if you score the points, that's what we want. Um, now I do think it, it tells you uh, where I will defend this a bit is I do think that this tells you down the road where your process probably has to improve. Agreed. So, so like you don't, it, how, how it. replicatable is it? Pro- probably not. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I don't think you scoff and throw the, the, the uh, spreadsheets away and I'll oh, screw this. I think that you can learn from those things, but again, there are some years where things get weird. This yeah. is definitely a weird year. So let's get into the categories here. State of the offense. Category number one is a new Kirk Cousins. Okay. So let's go back to close games, fourth quarter overtime, and we'll use expected points added. None of these are perfect, but there's some some telling stuff in here. Close games, fourth quarter overtime, expected points added, quarterback position. This year, Kirk ranks second in those situations behind Patrick Mahomes. That's let that sink in for a second. Close games, fourth quarter overtime. Kirk second. 2018-19, his first two years as Vikings quarterback, he was 19th in those situations. Behind guys like Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Now he did pop up in 2020 and was ranked in the top two or three expected points added. And then 2021, he went back outside the top ten. So he kind of showed some flash. He's, it's not been like this garbage, garbage, garbage. Amazing. He's He has shown you improvement in these areas. But this is like, this year's been different. Also, here's a crazy one. First two years as a Viking, 2018-19. Close games, fourth quarter overtime. Cousins averaged 3.3 air yards per throw. 3.3 air yards per throw beyond the line of scrimmage. Late and close. Oh, God. Yep. Check, 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 check. This year, eight air yards per throw in those fourth quarter overtime close games. Gotcha. Go find Jefferson. Stop well, throwing it to Rudolph three yards in the flat. And that's and that is where O'Connell has absolutely positively got in Kirk's head. Um, which is which is what made the previous season so intriguing was if Kirk is if Kirk is basically allowed to work under Kirk's own devices, he's going to take the safe throw. He's going to take the statistics. I'm not even saying this selfishly. I'm just saying it was a a product of the play, right? Well, he didn't want he didn't want to. Yeah, his his main eth, eth, I mean, he wrote about this. We talked about this in his yeah, in his don't biography. Like, he starts his autobiography with a story about how he threw, like, a dumb interception against Notre Dame in college and how, like, from that point forward, he was not going to be the reason why his team lost games. But you have but, to and, and that's great, you... but sometimes you have to flip it, and he has, and he yes. has. You have to be the reason why your team wins games. You yeah. can't think of it as losses. You've got to think of it in terms of risk to win. So I, I think the air yards thing is the most interesting because it's truly a process-driven stat. It's like the first couple years as a Viking – Hey, fourth quarter, it's close, it's late, and he's just dinking and dunking three yards in the air per throw. Now it's it's almost triple that. It's up to eight. Go go back to Buffalo, the throw to Jefferson, which which was the, the great catch, and go back. And we, we talked about this at the time. Hawkinson is open, and he might have got a first down, but it was well short of the sticks. And I will go to my grave saying Kirk makes that before 2022. That's the throw he makes. Yep. Here's another one under the 
a new Kirk Cousins umbrella. So prior to this season, Cousins had only five wins in his career, or his teams did, if you will, when he was asked to throw the ball 42 or more times in a game. So there was 23 games in which Cousins was asked, based on the game flow, to throw the ball 42 times or more, and uh, his team won only five of those 23 games. Mahomes, by the way, in a shorter sample, had 21 wins in those situations. Justin Herbert has 10 just in the last two and a half years. Josh Allen has eight in the last two and a half years. So some of the better quarterbacks in the NFL have, hey, we're going to put the ball in your hands a lot, 42, 45, 50 times. And generally, if your quarterback's throwing 50 times, it's not a great sign unless you're the Chiefs. Right. So I'm not saying that, like, these guys are, you know, winning at a 700 clip, but it's not a thing that happened often with Kirk. He is 2-0 and in those games this year. The game against Buffalo and the game against Indianapolis. Also two great comebacks where they've said, dude, based on the game flow, you're going to have to throw it a bunch today. And he is 2-0 and in those games where he's been asked to throw 42 times or more. So I find that kind of interesting. He hasn't been the guy that you just say, here's the ball, Go throw till your arm falls off and bail us out. That's not been him in his career. He needs the running game, needs the play right. action, you know, um, needs the game flow to be right more often than not. But this year's kind of a different story again. Yeah, and that that that's what in Buffalo down by seventeen against the Colts down by thirty three at the half. So yeah, I mean at some point in time, and, and it doesn't surprise it doesn't surprise me that he can do that again. You know what was so weird about especially Saturday's game. Saturday's game was, it felt like for a while in the second half, old Kirk, right? Like he's going to get a ton of stats now and it's yeah. going to be, and, and he saw it through, he got the comeback. Um, you know, there are, there have been situations where he does thrive there. Unfortunately, it felt like for three or four years, it usually fell short. It didn't mm-hmm. always, but it, it often did on Saturday. It culminated with a win. Um, but with the arm talent that that guy has, it does that one doesn't shock me that if you if you realistically rely on him in times of need and and have a uh, top receiver as good as Jefferson, that that can work. Mm-hmm. All right, next category. Unless you guys because you brought up Jefferson, so unless you guys have any more just final Kirk thoughts here for now, we'll move into his his ace weapon here. Good. And the category is holy crap, Justin Jefferson. Here's a list of the categories he leads the NFL in among receivers. Yeah. This is an incomplete list. I just I just sort of stopped after a while. <laughs> he leads the NFL in targets, 158. Yeah. Receptions, 111. Receiving yards, 1623. Receptions of 20 yards or more. Receptions of 40 yards or more. First downs, contested catches. Catches versus man coverage, yards after the catch, and yards per route run out of the slot. There's more. I just sort of stopped after like 10 because it's ridiculous. Out of the slot? He has the most yards per route run out of the slot. Yes. When he lines up in the slot versus like when other guys line up in the slot, how many yards per route run? He leads the NFL. How How are we not having discussions nationally about him being an MVP candidate? What are the current odds? Let me pull up the odds. And, and I know Mahomes is going to win. Okay, I get that. And it's a quarterback award. I get that. But my God, 
if we're ever going to give the award to a guy who doesn't play a quarterback, how is this guy? I mean, how are we not discussing this? Here's DraftKings from this week. Okay, interesting. Uh, Jalen Hurts is a minus 150. Mahomes is a plus 165. So, so Hurts is the odds on favorite. Okay. Josh Allen and Joe uh, yeah, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are plus 1,000. And then there's a huge gap. Tua and Justin Jefferson are tied for fifth at plus 10,000. Herbert plus 13,000. Tyreek Hill, Kirk Cousins tied at plus 20,000. So Kirk getting a little little love here with fourth quarter comebacks. Yep. And then Christian McCaffrey plus twenty five thousand. So both Kirk and JJ represented in the top in the top uh ten, five through ten. I think Justin Jefferson is with I, I think if I was to boil it down, hurts Mahomes Jefferson. Bro though, man. Bro's unreal. And, and he's fantastic, but we're talking about most valuable player, okay? Take Mahomes off the Chiefs, it's a huge, it's a huge gap. Hertz has played great. But Justin Jefferson, if you take him off this team, and he is not a quarterback, too. Like, yeah. like to me, it's more impressive. I would say I would tweak it and say I he should not be tied with Tua. He should be Burrow Burrow deserves to be in the conversation, but I think Tua, it feels like Tua is more product of system than driving yeah. force, but yeah. they did lose games when he was out, so I get that argument too. But now they've lost some games since he came back, so that's a fair thing to yeah. uh, broach as well. But kind of, I'm kind just, of moving down. I just, what Jefferson's done to me is otherworldly. If Jefferson just hits his season averages in the last three games, he would finish with 135 catches for 1,971 yards, and I believe that would break Calvin Johnson's single-season yardage record. Of course, he gets the extra game, so there's yeah. that. But he's definitely going to flirt with 2,000 yards and the single-season NFL receiving record. Hmm. If he's flirting with 2,000 yards, <laughs> do you play him? If you have the second seed locked up going into Chicago, do you play him in that game? I don't chase a lot in that game. I would because especially because you're about to embark on agreed potentially if if all goes well four playoff games in four weeks. I would I would sneak a bye week in there for those guys. There's going to be other chances for him in the future, and it's not that that shouldn't be as important as just making sure that you're healthy going into a wild card weekend okay. game, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, before we get to uh, the third and fourth categories and our current NFL team rankings, a shout-out to our friends over at Livia for helping people get a head start. You don't have to wait till January 1st to change your life. You can get a head start going into these holiday weekends here, Judd. That, that's correct. In fact, uh, now for a year plus, down 40 pounds, and here's the most important thing. My friends at L Livia are helping me keep that weight off. That is the most important thing, and right now they're award uh, award winning program if you join now save 50 percent. that's right for the holidays save yourself give yourself the gift of health save 50 percent, and you will lose weight quickly by spring you're going to look great feel great all those clothes that don't fit now will fit 855 go l-i-v-e-a livia.com l-i-v-e-a.com check them out and again 50 percent savings if you contact them now you will be glad that, that you did when all those clothes that didn't fit fit you again Oh, Maya Mackie is uh, she's loving the holiday food spread. It's the same as the non-holiday food spread, and that's the consistency that we love. 
Thanks to Nutrisource, this chicken and rice scoop of food here. She loves the Nutrisource treats, and her digestive health is uh, as regular and great as it's, it's ever been. We've had her for almost a year now. And thanks to our friends at Nutrisource, she loves everything, almost too much. Like, she'll start to, she starts to push dinner time up and, almost like, starts to paw at us much. around 2.15 in the afternoon. Like, it's not time yet. We know you love Nutrisource. Oh. Look at Stella. Stella does, too. Look at that good girl. Oh. Who's a good girl, Stella? Except for today, I think she woke me up at, uh, I want to say it was 5.50 a.m. Why? Because she wanted her nu- Nutrisource. Maya and Stella on the exact same page, which is get out of bed and feed me now because my food is delicious. And then, of course, when when, uh, she goes outside and comes in, Stella gets the training rewards treats as well. She's about 12, but you know what? She is in great shape, great digestive health. Why? Because of our friends at Nutrisource. NutrisourcePetFoods.com to find a retailer near you. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. All right, let's move into... The third category here, state of the offense. And this is from Declan. You brought this up earlier this week on the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back up and then we can add to it too. So uh the category is third down analysis. All right. On the season, the Vikings rank exactly sixteenth smack dab in the middle in third down conversion rate. They're a forty percent success rate on third down. So not terrible, not amazing. And maybe part of the reason why it's not amazing is the stat that Declan found. So the Vikings have, uh, this is kind of crazy, actually. Uh, The Vikings have run 193rd down plays this year. 88% of them are passes. On third and one or two, basically, if it's not third and two, they're going to throw the ball. But even on third and one or two, as Declan brought up, the Vikings have run the ball 14 times, thrown the ball 32 times. So almost a two-to-one ratio of, actually more than that, right? More than a two-to-one ratio of passes to runs in third and short situations. But they're 12 for 14 when they run it in those third and shorts, and they're only 17 for 32 when they throw it. So logic would say, boy, if you just kind of went more 50-50, run the ball on third and short, you'd probably have a higher third down conversion rate. Or is there something to be said for if you lean too far into the run, they're going to the defenses are going to come on to you and they're going to they're going to sniff right. it out more often. I don't know. I would love to see this uh this stat tied in with that statistic. How many of the third and one or third and two passes have been attempted screens? Cuz it feels like the Vikings inability until the Dalvin Cook touchdown yeah. uh to execute the screen game hurts them there cuz those are perfect screen opportunities but Again, I have never seen, for, for a, a team that's coached by a good offensive mind, have you guys ever seen a screen game be as in, ineffective as the Vikings was until that Cook play? So I'd, yeah, love to know, I'd love to know how much they're trying to tie the screen game and being just flat-out unsuccessful into that third-down statistic. And I, I love that. Is it the pass setting up the run? Is it Kevin O'Connell wanting to take more shots? I think long-term, I, I, I like this. Um, but also... Of the passes that have been converted on third and one, third and two or less to go, the average yards per pass is 3.9. So it's not like they've hit some home run plays. If they've hit some home run plays, I can take a lower percentage because, hey, if it's going to be a home run play on third and one, there's an opportunity. Go off and do it. But yeah. most of these passing plays are resulting in just, hey, just a quick little edge. We sticks. get the first down. We're there. It's like, well, then just run the ball because it's, it's working 85% of the time, at least right now in a smaller sample. 
So that's yeah. where it, I, that's where if you're going to pass it and you're going to get some home run plays, all right. But if the average yard per pass on those conversions is three point six yards, well, then just run the ball. Yeah, I, I would see. I agree. I think even just like getting it more to a fifty fifty split, you can't just run it all the time, mm-hmm. or they're going to catch catch on to that too. But and here's another one. It's, it's not third down. It's a second down analysis here. Remember one of the biggest complaints we had under Mike Zimmer for years was if they would lose yardage on first down, he would get all nervous and, oh, we took a penalty or we took a sack. Now, we gotta, now we're going to run it on second and long because we messed up on first down. Well, when you run it on second and long, guess what you're setting up? Third and long. Yep. And then a three and out. Yep. So on second and 11 or more, the Vikings have run the ball only six times all season this year. 2019, for example, the Vikings ran the ball four times as much on second and 11 <laughs> or more. It was like automatic, like twice a game. It was just, ah, damn it. We lost yards on first down. Now we have to barrel into the back of a guard with Dalvin Cook or something right. on second down. So just. Some of this stuff, it just makes a little more sense. Like, oh, it's second and long. Well, let's not get conservative. Now we need to be more aggressive because now we need six yards to set us up in a third and manageable. And they at least, under, KOC understands that aspect of, of play calling. Interesting. Yeah, I would love to see, as, as I said, a breakdown of those third down calls. Like, what are they exactly? Are they... Five yard passes or they screens where you're trying to dink and dunk, which which if the screen game worked, that's fine. I I think an effective screen game is so great because it is an extension of the run with with basically a head start. So yeah. I'd love to see a breakdown of that. I feel like that's a thing too that can be fixed. Like it doesn't concern me greatly. Like Zim's Zim's uh, uh, obsession with running on second and long was so ingrained. It's like, this is the most predictable thing. I feel like O'Connell will will get answers for this and will actually tweak it and yeah. adjust it. And I bet a year from now, this statistic is very different. And this is the fourth category here, and then we'll rank some teams. Second half monsters. <laughs> Despite their failures in the third quarter, the Vikings are the third highest scoring second half team in the NFL behind Dallas and Kansas City. Uh, they are the highest scoring fourth quarter team in the NFL, averaging nine and a half points per fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> Comeback Kings, baby. It's insane. So they're averaging they're averaging uh twenty-five points per game, nine and a half in the fourth quarter. So take the other like 15 and a half or 16 points and spread them out over the other quarters, basically. So that's, it's a good, I mean, I'd like the whole thing to just be like a monster for the whole game. But if you're going to, if you're going to give me, all right, what, when, when is Kirk going to be at his best? And when is the offense going to be at its best? I would say, I'll, I guess I'll sign up for the fourth quarter, assuming that it's not all garbage time. And it has not been this season. Until the Colts game, how do you explain the transformation from the third to the fourth? Uh, like how bad they are in the third and then right. how good they yeah, are in the fourth. Like, yeah. Just de- desperation, urgency. All right, we have to do it now, so let's go hunt for our best weapons. I mean, they they just have to they have to feel that earlier, I guess. Maybe they need to run more tempo in the third quarter or something and just, all right, guys, let's create urgency. Mm-hmm. We got to go. 
So second half monsters. Vikings are one of the best second half scoring teams. Third down analysis could be better. Maybe run the ball more. Justin Jefferson leads the NFL in about a bajillion categories. And Kirk is different in a lot of ways late in close games. So there's your state of the Vikings Good stuff. offense. Uh, all right, boys, it's time for us to rank teams. It's it's our uh, Declan, I'll let you pop this up here. It's the pigskin pecking order where we rank the 10 best teams in the NFL, according to us, the Vikings Twitter CEO, the Purple Daily clickbait officer, Declan, Hello. and the Purple Daily chief beverage distribution officer, Judd. Drink a lot of controversy early. on this Don't one. Don't forget. Controversy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh, they, Toward the yeah. bottom half. Yes. Oh, yes. The Philadelphia Eagles remain number one in our pigskin pecking order. Followed by the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a lot of change here. Buffalo Bills third. Hmm. Yeah, Declan, you were the only one who had the Bills as an outlier here. You had the Bills at uh, five. Let's see here. Fifth. Yeah. Okay. Judd and I have the same one, two, three. Actually, Judd and I have the same one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, wow. Look at you guys. San Fran four. You have San Fran third. You've gone from not yeah. believing in San Francisco two weeks ago, and now they're one of the three best teams in the league. They're, they're unbelievable. Jackson's just all in on Kyle Shanahan yeah. and Brock Purdy. Cincinnati Bengals, five. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys, six. Followed by the Minnesota Vikings, seven. We'll get to where we all rank them in a second. Eighth, Baltimore Ravens. A lot of quarterback injury problems for them. Looks kind of tough. Nine, the Detroit Lions, now seven and seven on the season. And the Los Angeles Chargers, the Chargers. round out our pigskin pecking order. The Chargers. The Chargers. Eagles, Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Bengals, Cowboys, Vikings, Ravens, Lions, Chargers. Declan has the Vikings sixth. Judd has them seventh. I have them eighth. So what do you guys what are you guys thinking? I'll I'll, I'll give you one more thing here on the Lions. Because they went inevitably went and beat a good uh, Jets defense on the road, as you guys all mocked my uh, rankings last week. Mm-hmm. So I moved the Lions up to seventh. I think they are the seventh best team in the NFL right now, and the Vikings are eighth. Uh, Judd had the Lions tenth. Declan did not. Still not believing in the Lions. You have them outside of your pigskin pecking order. They're probably you know the first OLI. They're the first outlier there. But um, but I, I got it. I got to see it a little bit more. I, I trust. I think the Chargers, Dolphins are better teams than the Lions. I think they're better playoff teams than the Lions. Mm. That makes sense. Dolphins make me a little nervous, man. I don't know if the Dolphins are. The Lions and the Dolphins frost. might both be watching the playoffs on the outside. If That's they don't. true. The Lions have, have to keep, like the Lions probably have to win out. Yeah. Uh, the Dolphins are fighting now at the bottom of the wild card standings. AFC, man. Oof. I dropped the Dolphins out, if I'm not mistaken. I put Detroit 10th, as you said. Um I still have Dallas, if I'm not mistaken, exactly where this list does, which is six and the the Vikings seven. I'm struggling a little bit, though, because Dallas embarrassed the Vikings here, which which broke my tie there, and it moved the Cowboys up. But we're sort of seeing the Cowboys go full McCarthy, aren't we? Um, (laughs) These last two games, they barely got by the Texans, (laughs) and then they lose. And and the defense now has gone on the fritz. The defense yeah. has not been good. Like this, this feels like another very McCarthy. In fact, it might be McCarthy's last stand because if they get oh, yeah. bounced in the first round, I What's think he's gone. Schedule? What's their schedule? Um, but Dallas is. 
It was not nearly as easy for me to put the Vikings behind the Cowboys this week as it was a week ago. Mm. I'll put it that way. Interesting. Yeah. It's so hard because sometimes the head-to-heads throw you off a little bit. Yeah. But that's, the NFL is weird like that. Mm-hmm. So the Cowboys, dude, the Cowboys are they're in, I think. But um, they don't have gimme games left. So they have a home game against the Eagles and then at a desperate Titans team and then at a desperate Commanders team. So... Could you see a world in which they just like lose four straight games, finish ten and seven, fall down and the wild card standing? Hertz probably misses this week's game, from what it sounds like. Okay. Just, yes. I think like worse. It sounds like that injury is not a not the worst case scenario for them. So he probably is in jeopardy of not playing this Saturday. So that makes life a little easier for Dallas. But yeah, those next Minshew two time. games for them can be tough. Minshew time, baby. That mustache is going to get Gardner. broken out. He loves Minshew. He'll get you. He'll get you one feisty performance if you need it, right? I, I think the top five are pretty simple. Like I didn't struggle with that. After that, I think it gets very difficult. It does, and the Vikings' record should put them higher. But it's just like, what do you? That last game against the Colts. Yeah, what do you do it. with that? It was amazing. The comeback was incredible. The second half was ridiculous, but the first half existed. And you just lost to Detroit, which is not a black mark against you, but it's definitely a demerit. Yeah, it's a, a I guess it's kind of a demerit. Um, the, Lions are, the Lions are a very good team. Yeah, it's, it's weird to wrap your head around because they started one and six, but the Lions are, are like one of the three hottest teams in the NFL the last two months. And Baltimore has gone on the Fritz three points. Boone's guy, Giro, is in trouble. They're yeah, calling for his head. Yeah. Who, okay, who? What's going to happen with the the NFC South? So right now, just the Buccaneers are six and eight, gong but show. the other three teams are five and nine, right behind them. So someone's going to. My guess is eight wins. You're there's definitely going to be a below five hundred yep. unless the Buccaneers win out. Mm-hmm. And the Buccaneers, well, the Buccaneers do have at Cardinals, home Panthers, and then at Falcons. So okay. there's no gimmies. In this divi- in that division, it's just awful. Oh, so they man. could finish, uh, they could finish eight and nine to win the division, or if if they finish eight and nine and like the Saints run the table, I'd have to see what the tiebreakers are, because the Saints the Saints are the only team that doesn't play the Buccaneers in that division the rest of the way. So, man, it's going to be interesting. You're going to have a below five hundred team likely <laughs> hosting a playoff game in the again, wild card round again. That if we're going to allow which we, we now do, seven teams per conference. Can we find a way to fix this a little bit? Like, I just, and, and I, I complain about this every year, but that division does not deserve to be represented in the playoffs. It well, then what's the, the, but then what's the point of divisions? You can't say that. You can't have, I know. If, if you have divisions, if you win a division, you should be, you should get in as I a, don't have the fix. I'm looking, I'm looking for a person smarter that, than me to fix the, fix the glitch, man. But this doesn't happen a lot. It's very. How many times has a below five hundred team won a division? More, more. more well, than, uh, Seahawks. We've had more and more teams make right. the playoffs now because there's. We're eventually probably going to go to eight teams, right? Eventually, I'm just saying I would love to see it fixed so that a team that is as bad. I mean, the South is is the East from the last two years. It's just uh-huh. abysmal. Wasn't well, the, the problem no. with going to eight teams is you're going to wind up with below 500 teams anyways as wildcard teams mm-hmm. you know you're not you're yeah, how I, often do you have eight above 500 teams wanna, in the nfl i just want to i just want to fix somehow i'm just tired of this I'm tired <laughs> of okay. watching i mean the 
That division, it can't just be a one-year blip. It needs to be fixed. Damn it's just it. a bunch of bozos. Well, it's not one year though, because and and yes, it when is. they go to eight teams, no, it's not. We've we've had the, the East the last two years. I think has been absolutely below five hundred. In the N- I NFC, think the I Commanders the one. first year of the Super yep. Wild Card Weekend. I believe the Bucks yep. went in there and they were an un- they were a below five hundred team. Um, in Seattle, when Seattle, but Seattle was like. 14 years ago. Yeah, the Beast Quake okay, game, so, I think, so happened. In, yeah. in 2000, the Washington did it in 2000. They went 7-9. and nine. Okay. Oh, the Cowboys know, were good waste, last year. Waste a lot of time The, Cow- here, the, but, the Cowboys went like 11-5 and five last year, or 11-6. and six. They they were not below 500 last year. Yeah. Okay, Okay. Good. homework assignment for the YouTube commenters. How many teams Fix have it. won a division below 500 yeah. ever? Or, or like or in the last twenty years. Fix the Does it need to be fixed? Send your idea to Roger Goodell. R Goodell. At NFL. Speaking of fixing things, maybe yep. Finch Home Solutions can come up with a fix for this playoff of conundrum. Of course they can. Of course they can. You know why? Because they're incredibly smart. They can take care of the problems that guys like Judd can't. And it takes only one call to my friends at Finch Home Solutions to get any electrical issues in your home solved. Christmas lights on the fritz. Oh boy, it's almost Christmas time. Guess what? Finch solves that. You're going to put in a hot tub. Well, if you're going to put put in a, a hot tub, which is absolutely fantastic, mm-hmm. you need electrical work there. Flickering lights again. Finch to the rescue. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until something goes wrong. Finch also mm-hmm. is offering a free home safety inspection to all of our, our listeners. Be sure to tell them that you heard about Finch on Score North because there are special deals for you if you do. You can call them, 612-357-2604, 612 612- 357-2604 or go to finchhomesolutions.com finchhomesolutions.com that's where your electrical problems get taken care of don't DIY it, make sure it's done right uh, thanks to our friends at Federated for helping us power through the last few years here building our business at Score North Purple Daily, Mackie and Joe we appreciate their guiding hand for us And uh, if you want to tap into over 100 years of expertise, experience, relationship building, Federated is here to help your business blast off, hopefully, in 2023. Uh, It's like having a great offensive line for your business, risk management, tools and resources galore. Find out more at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. All right, dudes, that's a wrap on this State of the Offense Thursday on a Tuesday episode of Purple Daily. You can find Before We Die with Jesse and Thor, Realistic Randy Rants with Declan, and uh, sometime, I believe, tonight, maybe uh, sometime midweek here, Boone and I are going to connect for a Trenches episode off of that ridiculous comeback victory and some other things, too. So Purple Daily podcast feed and YouTube channel is where it's at for Daily Vikings Entertainment. Thank you guys for sticking with us all throughout this incredible season. We'll see you tomorrow for some predictions. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great. Because the only thing I care about more than football is spicy pepperoni pizza for kickoff. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. Now that's a spicy offer. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at $9.99 each month starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimum supply.